Welcome to Moot, the podcast where mistakes are guaranteed and our point is moot. My name is Jeremy, I am your co-host, and with me is our other very esteemed co-host, Joe. Oh, hello, darling. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, I'm glad that you could join us. (laughs) I'm so esteemed. (laughs) You are esteemed, you know what, and and play up that accent, it's working. Um, Mm, Yeah, I'm going to stop it now. (laughs) You don't get to tell me what to do, you're not my real dad. Aren't I though? Well, I I, I don't know. Mm, we should do a DNA test. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I'm scared of the results. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Likewise, <laughs> um, today's episode is going to be about fandoms and how weird they can be. And th- this isn't like we're not shitting on fandoms. Like fandoms are cool, and I'm a part of fandoms. I'm part of like Warhammer fandoms and stuff. What's great though is the drama surrounding certain fandoms and when stuff implodes you can't you can't look away right like it's awesome yeah it's like watching a monkey swallow a hand grenade you you it's terrible but you can't look away i think i would rather revel in the implosion of a fandom than watch a monkey swallow a hand grenade but i see where you're going with it and i'm on board Yeah, so look. Okay, so let me ask you, have you ever been a part of like a serious fandom? Like a really uh, like you got to you got to define the serious fandom for me. It doesn't have to be fan fiction fandom where you're actively writing, you're trying to expand the boundaries of can- the canon to, you know, whatever, to to leave your mark. But have you ever been so obsessed with a franchise or a topic that you were glued to the message boards that were important to that that group of people you were involved in tumblr somehow have you ever, have you ever been involved in tumblr somehow <laughs> um yeah but like not through fandoms or anything like that just okay. like just like browsing like uh like you do with reddit or nine gag i got you yeah that's fair but like no making accounts and actively trying to figure out which like centaur that Hermione would fuck if given the chance. Oh, oh no! I, she would definitely go for like one of the big silvery ones. I mean, come on, she's got taste. But uh, <laughs> like, I, <laughs> well, I want to know about your tastes now because that's mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a yeah, yeah. You know, you know, you tune in, kids, and you'll learn about Uncle Joe's <laughs> sex mythological creatures. I've always uh, been a redheaded centaur fan myself. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think Medusa's uh, severely underrated. <laughs> like uh, the value of a paper bag, man. It's it's you know mm. <laughs> rock hard right over here. Yeah, yeah. Like, honey, this is like a it's it's a it's a marital aid with a paper bag on. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in, yeah, no, no, I do always make an account, even on Nine Gig, I made an account just yeah. because I, I like nesting. So uh, I find a website that I think is interesting and I'll visit more than once. So I make an account on it. Sure. Yeah. And uh, but I've never really, never really paid attention to any drama except for on Reddit, on the Total War forum. Okay. I've gone, I've gone down the deep end on those. So I know all the, I know all the memes and I know a few characters that come back in like the comment sections and stuff. Yeah, like there's this guy called like he's literally called the Welsh Dragon, because he ends every, every fucking comment with all regards, uh, all or the best regards, Welsh Dragon. 
like he he signs every comment even if he just adds a smiley and okay that's like like one one poet <laughs> i wonder if he identifies as a dragon that would be interesting to know I, I i don't think so i think it's some like nationalist wales thing you know like a dragon on their flag so it's probably an important symbol to them sure okay that's that's definitely yeah. A, yeah. a reasonable thing that i was gonna say <laughs> yeah now they you know they need a they want to have a dragon so that their teeny tiny country can be protected from the english invaders yeah well and yeah the welsh they don't really like them. total war the, the total war forums can be kind of a hotbed of of antagonism because there's a group so total war is a is a is a game for those that aren't familiar i mean some some maybe but it, it's a game where the battles are supposed to be more realistic it was one of the first games to allow you to field hundreds or even thousands of troops at the same time and kind of dictate where you know their movement and their engagement and all that and uh recently a few years ago you, you know total war is famous for having uh, battles that honored different periods in history. So there's like medieval total war and Rome total war and Shogun total war. So, you know, medieval Japanese era history, uh, Greco-Roman periods. There's a Napoleon. It, it's a game. It's a game with a lot of war in it. There's a lot, it, of, war a lot of war from a lot of different time periods, but a few years ago, mm. they introduced the Warhammer franchise, which is strictly fantasy. It's like elves, orcs, it's 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 what our first podcast episode was on, and it's actually what Joe and I bonded over. And yeah, and it's going to be what our last podcast is about too. That's true. It's true. We're going to be in our eighties, just sitting yeah. in the nursing home. I'm going to be croaking over in that episode. My dying words being like, "Undead are cool." Well, if you're playing Crazy. as the undead, I'll be impressed. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, ideally, once I croak, I will podcast in my you know now zombified form <laughs> that was a, there's a giant frog named croak it doesn't matter anyway um but th- that fandom has a lot of people fighting because there are the the the, the total war series got massive it, 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 it ballooned in size because people like fantasy stuff and yeah. the company um, was struggling the company was struggling on the ropes like they were they were they were they were a few projects away from bankruptcy and they they were basically resurrected by the the fan this fantasy franchise and now a lot of the old guard the people who are really into the historical titles are upset because Mm -hmm. the company pays way more attention to fantasy games and they've introduced in a couple of their more recent games like the warring period, the three kingdoms period from Chinese history has um, a mode sad. where your guys are basically sad. like mini gods. <laughs> you know? that, it must be said that these uh, his, history fans, they're not many of them. No, they're a very, very small amount of the community because Warhammer exploded so much that it, it, it... So the history people, that's like a handful of players, essentially. They're yeah. just big. It, and, it's uh, less than 10% easily. Yeah, it's it's not even... It's a, such a fragment of the community. And that's not because a lot of them are left. No, no, no. It's because the community grew so much that the vast, vast majority of the community started with Warhammer and are Warhammer fans. Yeah. So, so a lot of infighting. The historian community is so teeny tiny that they once tried to make their own subreddit and spite, 
like to spite the Total War subreddit. So they're like, we have our own place. They really don't get to talk about Warhammer, you know? Yeah. They created their own like historical Total War subreddit. And it failed. It failed. It died so quickly <laughs> because there's no fucking history players. <laughs> but they did make uh, some other people. I don't know why, or if it was just to try and be nice to historians, because they sure as shit didn't need to uh, have a, have their own place. But a lot of Warhammer players at the same time created a new subreddit just called Total Warhammer for the Warhammer, right? Yeah. And there's no, they didn't need to do that because, you know, Total War was already stuffed with Warhammer stuff. So they, that was basically a Total Warhammer. Yeah, it, it was a, it was but, a little olive branch. It was a nice well, way. Yeah, of saying, like, yeah. We'll try like, we'll try to remove some of the pressure off of the main subreddit, so that yeah. way you guys can get more history memes through, and it works yeah. a little and bit. I think that's a difference between the history fans and the Warhammer fans. The history fans are way too bitter. Warhammer fans they even try to do a nice thing. Then you know. Yeah. But but I want to say history, the, the history subreddit that they like they wanted they needed that they wanted that space for themselves, that died. The Total War Warhammer, like the fucking gift, that one is still thriving today. Yeah. That's how many people there are like playing Warhammer over the history games. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and I'll see people who will post it's like a neighborhood make feud against one guy who visits every now and then. <laughs> he doesn't even live there. I should say that, that there is a vocal minority that can be kind of irritating about the history stuff, but most of them are pretty chill about it. Like they'll say, you know, I, I okay. prefer the history. We're all, we're only, I don't play Warhammer, but I'm glad that CA is big now. We're you know, only talking about the people who bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like a lot of the Warhammer players are also history players. Cause three kingdoms was really popular. Yeah. And yeah, three kingdoms is a history game, you know, Oh, yeah. I love I love I mean, it's, kingdoms. It's I no love less Empire. historical. It's no less historical than Rome too. Like if you if you act like you play Rome too because you care about history, then I know maybe Rome never conquered Sweden. So what are you doing? <laughs> if you, you know? if you play Total War games and, and you say it's because you care you and if you only play them because of history, uh, then you're you're like a historian that just watches the History Channel. It's never opened oh. up before. Like there's no. But you're not fair. getting a solid education. I want to be. I want. <laughs> I want to be a little fair too, because I think the history people, the the ones who complain about three kingdoms at least, their beef is that the characters are really powerful. So I think they what they are missing isn't necessarily a historical game, because they got that because there's no fantasy creatures in three kingdoms. Yeah, I think what they're missing was a game that they felt was like tactically realistic but the, but you know, there's the a general he's not the general can't kill 80 people in like a duel so i think they wanted just a game where the general is part of a squad and he dies from a bullet like anyone else they have that they have a setting where the generals are like just s- slightly stronger regular guys but yeah but i also think i also think there's a bitterness there there's a bitterness there where they got that but they had to share it with the new crowd and they didn't like that. Yeah. That's... I think that's the main problem they have with three kingdoms. Yeah. They felt like we deserve, we deserve this thing too. We wanted this thing too. And then here you get it, but you have to share it with the people who get all the stuff all the time. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's where a lot of the bitterness comes from. I think, it's, and I think this highlights a really good point is that any fandom 
the internet has allowed communities of people to group and to coalesce around similar hobbies in ways yeah. that has, has not really existed before. It's so... As, as far as they're concerned, this was their fandom. Then people invaded that fandom and are now pushing them out of it. Yes. And I think it also exhibits how easy it is for fandoms to be filled with conflict because there there are entire Harry... like Harry Potter is one of the biggest fandom spawning franchises of all time. And there are massive there's a massive fandom for just people obsessed with snape so I know. it's i mean alan rickman must never have felt so sexy in his life <laughs> yeah he's described as having like oily greasy hair he's even when he's painted I mean, as a good guy seven that role before snape was popular like in the first movie the character's oily, greasy hair, he's ugly, he's mean, and then it's like, Alan Rickman, we need you. <laughs> well, he did He did play the shit out of that role, and I only saw the first couple of movies. Even even his voice is oily and greasy. It is, it is. He does a great yeah. job on the voice. Yeah. Alan Rickman is a treasure. I mean, he's dead now, but he, you know, now he's a buried treasure. He's a... <laughs> Let's dig him up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh. with, him, uh, with an X. I want to kind of go over some stories for this podcast episode on fandom meltdowns that I found. And I think the total war thing paints a good picture because honestly, what we're describing is what we find at, at total wars worst. but most of the time it's amicable. People are like hanging out together and, and, and enjoying total war content, even if they don't even play the, the fantasy franchise. I know a lot of history buffs, um, who have intimated like on the forums that like they're happy that fantasy people are around because there are more people to play Total War and that's all they care about. So there are, yeah. there are people on the other side of the fence too. But there yeah, are other- what that means is that the company makes more money, which means in the future they can make bigger and better history games too. Exactly. Like if Empire 2 is ever released, you know it's going to be a solid, solid, solid game. Oh yeah. And it would never have re- reached this kind of massive fucking... Uh, I don't know, critical mass. Right. The, the player base is so much what bigger than Warhammer. Yeah. The Warhammer player base brought in a fuck ton of money, as Warhammer fans tend to do. Right. And they're so approaching they like AAA play. game status because they're becoming such a big group, like company. Mm-hmm. So the first the first the first fandom I want to talk about is uh is is a Harry Potter fandom story. And mm-hmm. this goes back to before the first movie was made. This this is like the first few books were out. We're in the oh, new- when there only was book fans. It was book fans only. It was mid nineties, so we're talking mm-hmm. like there's no there is no Tumblr. I didn't even know they had fans back then. Oh, absolutely, and that that's actually part of that's as actually- far as I knew, Harry Potter didn't start until the movies came. No, the books predated the first movie by quite a bit. Yeah, but I had no idea it had any popularity at all. I thought I was just like a movie maker who had, like decided to make a movie about any old children's book he could find in the uh, cheap section. I would say the first two the first two books were released a relatively little fanfare in the United States, but by the time the third book came out, it was pretty popular already. Hmm. And the just, fourth uh, book had a lot of hype. It was advertised all over the place. And I don't know how close to the first movie the fourth book was released. 
because I think they were relatively close to one another. But as we've established on this podcast multiple times, I suck ass with dates and release, you know, releases and all that. So what do, what do I know? But <laughs> this is this 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 problem, this fandom issue happened well before the first movie came out. Um, and it was probably ending around when the movies were starting to really gather some steam. So this is back when, uh, you know, it's all message boards, you know, and conventions, there weren't like massive, like Comic-Con things. There weren't big, you know, consolidated conventions. There wasn't a massive Harry Potter infrastructure built around the books, no, like Harry Potter, you know, dot, you know, there wasn't like you could sort yourself into houses or whatever. This is just at the beginning. And mm -hmm. at the time, fandoms from like My Little Pony to Mega Man had a fandom and He-Man had a fandom and Lord of the Rings, all these fandoms were really controlled by just a few people. And they were, they were referred to as, as BNFs or big name fans. And they were usually adults who were super duper into a franchise who would sponsor get togethers at their house or, or rent out a hotel, or they were the ones who wrote the good fan fiction, you know, so, or they would run message boards and moderate them. So they were, they were people usually, they were adults with disposable income who could afford to, to have this kind of lifestyle. And the Harry Potter fandom had just a few BNFs. There was this one person who was a lawyer uh, that was into it. Uh, there were there, there was about a half dozen. There were like six or seven people that were that were really big. One was actually uh, one of the first reporters to ever comment on fandoms and like a franchise's fan base. So this was like now you have. You have reporters that are dedicated to, to the Marvel and Disney side of entertainment where they just comment on fan bases and they talk about upcoming movies and stuff. Yeah. This was like, this was kind of a big deal that this reporter was using her chops to kind of be involved with this Harry Potter fan base thing. And um, so th there were about a half dozen people, but one of these people, uh, her name was Cassandra Clare. And... I don't know if Cassandra Clare is her real name, but that's what she used. She, she called herself Cassie Clare on these boards. She ran a message board and she had a mailing list. And one of the things about people like this is if you were into a fandom, say you're really into the X-Files because the X-Files had a really big fandom in the 90s, which was also controlled by a message board. If you got on the shit list of somebody who ran one of these, these forums or these, these email lists, they would just cut you out and you would lose access to everybody who talked with you about the thing that you liked a lot. So it would really behoove you to stay on their good side, which, which gave the, the, you know, it, it made these, these BNFs a really big deal in the community. So it's Cassie, kind of creepy, man. it is, it, it is. And it's, like it's, a, it's like some kind of, it's kind of like a weird club dictator. It was, and they would, they would meet together on, on chat rooms the BNFs would form these, these inner circles. They were called inner circles. They were referred to as inner circles. And Harry Potter had an inner circle. And the inner circle was run by, you know, this journalist, this, this lawyer, 
Cassie Clare and a few other, like a small handful of people. And they would set up these events uh, like around the country and they'd, they'd get together in costume. But the thing was, these were adults sort of running these clubs that were dominated by like teenagers and people in their early 20s. <laughs> it's like some kind of creepy online scoutmaster. <laughs> right. right. It was a little bit, kind of. And some of them, there was, you know, depending on what fandom you were a part of, there'd be, there might be like sexual exploitation or whatever, but which is. <laughs> I can't imagine that. Point. What the fuck? Like send me nudes or you don't get to talk about Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that that went down. I don't want to claim that there was, <laughs> even though I don't think you need to extrapolate much to think of situations where that may have happened in some fandoms in some places, given how crazy some of the fandoms can be. Mm. <laughs> that would be fucking insane who would be that into harry potter <laughs> <laughs> well to 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 illustrate how much power that that a bnf might have over a fandom cassie claire now mind you she's in charge of a website with tens of thousands of people tens of thousands i mean lots of people that that knew who she was and she wrote this really really popular fan fiction it was it was the draco trilogy so she was kind of obsessed with Draco Malfoy. And at the time, there weren't slash shipping, which in other words means homosexual shipping, where you, where you want two male characters to get together because there was a lot of homophobia in 1990s fandoms. So if you were going to have a homosexual relationship, you had to imply it. And Dr the Draco trilogy was... I don't want to say like super groundbreaking, but one of the things it did was it had a, a three-way triangle between Hermione, Harry Potter, and Draco Malfoy. And the way she, the, the, the premise of the series is that Draco and Harry like, were body switchers. They switch bodies, right? And they're competing over Hermione as a love interest. But there's like a lot of really strong homosexual tension between the two of them oh okay i get it so it's like it's like her little dirty fantasy it, it is yeah it was it was it was all subtext but it was barely subtext to the point where it's like yeah it's like, it's like um, obvious uh subtext it's kind of like yeah like how fight club has a, like a lot of homosexual homosexual themes in it yeah, exactly yeah exactly that's that's a good example and you know you would have fan fiction where a 12 year old is seducing a middle-aged man and that's fine. But you know, heaven forbid you have two gay people, you know, seduce each other. So, <laughs> this is, so God, this, I really hope it's not a grown man who wrote that. <laughs> I mean, it's a grown woman. A girl who wrote that about some teacher, <laughs> not the other way around. <laughs> teacher writing it about a 13 year old student or whatever. Oh God. That's, <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Oh, Harry Potter, you need you need more than that, man. You need a little more help. <laughs> well, she wrote the first book of this this trilogy. It was called Draco Dormians and it 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 just it, it basically means that or it was basically about the beginning of this love triangle and they're they they have some tags. Like I didn't read the whole thing. I just read snippets of it because i couldn't like stomach the whole thing but it's they, supposed to be actually good what do you mean what, what couldn't you stomach oh i just i'm not a big fan fiction person and oh. no like, it's, it's like badly written or something 
I tend to think that most of them are. I, I and, and to me, the un, the, the unoriginality of the character is like as soon as I read a character doing something that they didn't do in their original material, I feel as if automatically they're out of character. So then I start to feel embarrassed for the writer who did it. And uh, okay, because then it's like, are you even writing fan fiction about the character, or are you just inventing your own character that looks like that character? To me, it's a hundred percent wish fulfillment, exactly. And yeah. I feel like if you're going to write a story, if even if you set it in the universe that exists, make up your own characters, man. Like, stop trying to put these, stop trying to ship these two people together, you know. And so I've had people recommend maybe, like fan fiction. Maybe it's like an extension of the I bet I can change him thought, you know? Yeah. yeah like, well, oh yeah, I like this character, but only if it was a little different. <laughs> right. That That's why Snape is such a popular person to ship with other people, because Snape is like this brooding sort of, he just needs love type of person. Yeah. You know, he's misunderstood. Then I can change him and he'll be like, perfect. Right, I can shower him with my emotion and that's what he'll want. You know, mm-hmm. so... I, I have always felt like I've had people recommend they said this is actually good fan fiction try reading this and I always just wind up feeling embarrassed for the author so I don't even know if Draco Dormian's was good I just immediately <laughs> went into that headspace where I'm like why is this person even doing this it's like the second you start the second you start reading fan fiction you're immediately bombarded with like toxic relationship radiation <laughs> You just got like it's like kryptonite. You just feel weaker and weaker as you read more. Yeah. So, in so 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 this Cassie Clare lady, she publishes the first the first book, the first installment of this trilogy. And after Draco Dormian, she wrote Draco Sinister, and Hermione gets kidnapped, and now she's off. You know, now Harry and Draco have to work together to rescue her, and there's like parts where they like change in front in front of each other so she really like ups the ante on their their homosexual tension and all this yeah but the thing is that's now, not a broom draco <laughs> well the thing is is that people started noticing especially in the second book like they, they kind of pointed out in the first book but not too many in the second book though people really pointed out how entire scenes would feel radically different than the writing from the rest of the, the book and uh, you know, th- they knew that she had been using quotations from other series and franchises because she would use something like straight out of Star Wars or Lord of the Rings. And, but it was only a few words. It was like a kind of a nod. And those are those type of Easter eggs are fun. It's like, oh, we're all laughing at the same joke, right? Well, yeah. this second book that she writes, she it turns out people start finding out, they start reading like real obscure fantasy and, and the people that have been following her have been following her for a few years now. So they're older. So instead of being like 14, now they're like 16, 17, 18 years old and they're finding their own fantasy and they're getting invested in reading themselves. So followed her, like her fan fiction for years, years. That's how she's popular, man. She was like the, it person of the 90s Harry That's Potter kind of cool that makes her like a like a mini author oh we're, we're just getting started so she they find she has lifted entire scenes like pages and pages of dialogue description events whole events whole whole scenes of from other books that she felt 
that her young audience that she knew was predominantly teen and preteen had, had not been exposed to. So she went, she used like some smaller parts from Terry Pratchett, but this is, this is kind of where it gets sinister because the more obscure the book was and the, the, the smaller circulation the book had on publication, the more she would lift from that text because she felt like she could get away with more. Oh, so she's plagiarizing. Oh, full, like, massive sections of her book are plagiarizing. She's not even making fan fiction. She's doing a collage. She's stealing. She's she's like one of those uh, one of those psychos when they send a letter that like I have your daughter. I'll send a finger each day. You know when they cut out the letters from magazines. Yeah, that with her fan fiction. In the very best case, she's sending you locks of her own hair with 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 blood on the envelope. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. her own finger. Uh, she dipped the locks in the blood, and then she has used that as a painting brush to write the letter. <laughs> to write to write the tattoo that she's going to have in Chinese that, th- that she thinks means hope, but actually means just like suck a dick or something. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's a cabbage roll or you know like number twenty three on the menu. You know? <laughs> she's never it's had vetted for accuracy. Yeah, you get tattooed in the back of like of a Chinese restaurant, and the guy is just using the menu as a, as a fucking uh, reference list. Yeah, yeah, no, that's exactly what it is. So she, so she, it turns out she's plagiarizing a whole bunch of stuff, and and this, and, and a couple of people started pointing it out. They're like, hey, you know, this is from this book, and and what would be funny is whenever somebody would point this out, their their message would be deleted, and from the forums and oh, so now she's censoring people too she's so trying to hide her tracks she she starts she starts by censoring people then she starts by then she starts banning accounts um and after a point she <laughs> she she decides to attribute some of the quotes she she decides to pay she decides to say here's my list of sources these are the books i pulled quotes from so she posts this list but it, it only accounts gonna reveal herself so she admits that she's been doing this and people like i said like the in the first book everybody knew she nodded she's returned to the crime scene <laughs> so she she posts she posts this but this 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 one guy uh this one guy named that had the the moniker avocado on the the forums notices that several of the concerns that other people have raised are not listed in this list of sources and this this guy this this forum dweller avocado starts assembling sources and finds out that she didn't bother to attribute a big chunk of her <gasps> in her alleged Kevin like Sp- oh hey i did seven. that she's like kevin spacey in seven she's like walking into the into the police uh, police uh, station, like covered in blood, going like, "I did it! I did it! Here, I'm, I did it!" And then it's like, but she did some more. Right? She did something more. She did something worse. <laughs> She's not revealed everything yet. Yeah. There's more to discover. Yeah. So, so Avocado then posts a list. He 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 gets uh, a, a moderator to sticky it or something. I, he posted this list, or maybe he posted on a separate site and linked it so people were able to share it. I forget exactly how that part went down, but he posts this list of all the things she failed to report, and that's when Cassie Clare deletes her first two books, wipes them from wipes them from the website, 
and then deletes her own account. And um, she's trying to make a run for it. Well, she she had her work post. So actually, I should go back a little bit. She actually, this is when FF.net had just launched. So it was like it was a it was an early it's a fandom site that's really big now, but then it was new. And her books were posted on that site. Avocado takes that list, takes the list that she said that, you know, these are my sources. And then he he takes the list of all the other stuff she didn't report and reports her to ff.net, which is the fandom site or fan fiction site and fanfiction.net he po- he reports Wait, it to- she, she's not she's not a lone agent there is like a higher body of regulations above her she was po- so fanfiction.net was fanfiction for all any type of fandom not just harry potter so, so yeah that's like that's like the president essentially like it goes all the way up to the president and she's like the prime minister or something under well she had her stuff well sort of so she she has her stuff posted on fanfiction.net avocado sends the list to them they realize oh this is plagiarized they delete her work from ff.net and that's when she turns around and scrubs it from all the harry potter fandom sites so she got so ff.net took action against her and then she turned around and deleted her own stuff everywhere else and that's when the meltdown happened because the 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 harry potter fandom fell apart people started you know, accusing each other of things. Hundreds of people got banned in the span mm-hmm. of a week. Uh, what do you mean? Accusing of what? Well, so some people were saying that, like, some people were bringing up sort things that she had plagiarized that were never in the original book, but they were claiming were. Other people were saying that they needed to report her to, like, you know, Scholastic and whoever published Harry Potter and all that. Others were, most people were arguing about what plagiarism is, what constitutes plagiarism. And so uh, some were defending her. Some was going like, no, she must hang. Right. And then there were people saying like, people were trying to like set up a tribunal where they would like judge her, but she wasn't responding <laughs> to posts. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, oh my God. One of, what, one what of an the, insane, like she's going away and people are still not done. Well, remember, remember really when beating a dead horse. one of the other BNFs in that inner circle was a lawyer. Yeah. And, and, and tell me what happened with that. Well, that lawyer who was friends with Cassie Clare started writing up these, uh, the, these like cease and desist letters threatening to sue like teenagers. So these teenagers would be on the <laughs> forums saying like, you know, Cassie Clare pulled this from Terry Pratchett or whatever. And all of a sudden they would get a cease and desist letter threatening to get sued. They had to delete their, their account right away. Otherwise they'd, they'd be facing a lawsuit. And, you know, for a 14 year old, that's real scary, especially the 14, you know, a 14 year old in the, in 2021, I think would just look at that and be like, yeah, go ahead and fucking sue me guy. But for a teenager in the 1990s on the internet, the internet's still a newer and whatever. It was, it was pretty. Yeah, so getting a phone call. Yeah, it, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was scary. And it turned, it turned the, the, the site lost the, the site that she was, the message boards that she was in charge of lost like half of its people. Like they just all either left or were banned or whatever. No, um, they basically don't even take it seriously. If someone threatens to kill you or rape you or eat you. <laughs> yeah, or sue you as a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> like what lawyer is concerned yeah. about that stuff? Although if you did get that in a phone call, you would be concerned. 
Oh, yeah, I would be. I would be too. You should be concerned. Well, and they, they were posting. Who calls you know, people on the phone anymore? They must be insane. <laughs> well, and, and people that them. went to Harry Potter conventions who had who they had their personal details, people that were close to Cassie Clare were posting their personal details on the forums. And so people were getting like harassed, harass, like, you know, people were being harassed through their, their home addresses and stuff. So that was, that became a whole thing. And she disappears and she's gone for like a year or two, but then she comes back because guess what? She's got to finish her trilogy. Oh shit. <laughs> so, so she, goes, all right. So she disappears and then she comes back and she has this announcement to the Harry Potter fandom. And, and, and mind you, even though there was this big row and everybody fought about her, the inner circle was really tethered to her and the events that she had. And so this the inner circle like was on story of some, This is like the story of some big rapper, you know, <laughs> like this Kanye West level shit, you know, a complicated relationship with all the other and huge legal fights and all sorts of shit. Yes. Like, yeah. This is, uh, this is, uh, oh man, fandoms back in the day. Holy hell. Oh, no, they've only gotten crazier since. It's just how the operators changed. No, they can't have. I would have heard of it if it was recent. Oh, I got like any, any, anything, any Anything like that can't happen today with all the, the internet be the way it is, can it? Oh, that's why I'm really keen on the Lorax movie because I, I have a pretty recent example that's in, in, just out okay, of it. Okay, tell book. me about the Lorax movie. Well, I, I will, I, I will. We'll, we'll get to that later. But speed so, it up speed it up come on tell me so big she, highlights. she comes back with this announcement she goes guess what guys I'm, I'm finishing my third my third book draco veritas and now you know so so th- there's still a sizable group of people and tumblr ha- really hasn't taken off yet but now we're in like the late 90s and they, they they haven't really gotten to a point where the fandom is surviving in other spheres. It's still based on the inner circle that existed when Cassie Clare was at her as the height at the height of her power. So she comes back and says, I got this thing. I'm, I'm going to do my third book. It's almost done. And then a week later, she comes back and, and writes this teary post saying my laptop was stolen. I lost my entire book. And my roommate's laptop was stolen and my roommate's boyfriend's laptop was stolen. And you know what? We're actually raising money to buy new laptops so i can go back and finish this book and she says and and you know what if we donate too much if you guys donate more money than we need for the laptops it's fine we're going to take all the extra money and donate it donate it to a charity that does that, that specifically treats cancer for kids and that was that was her pitch mm, and, okay okay so she's trying to say i'm gonna do this but i'm gonna do it like a like a sweetheart now it's gonna be good right right and so she raises over ten thousand dollars like she raises and and other people are kind of being like you know can we see a picture of the apartment like after the break-in or can we see some sort of registration with the charity or even oh so so she's taken she's taken the money but (laughs) she's saying she can't finish it anyway like She's no, no, saying, she does oh, finish it. She does She's finish the book. <laughs> she she does finish the book, but they but they absolutely refused to say what charity the money went to, what type of laptops they bought. They wouldn't post any pictures of anything. There there was no proof of any kind. There was no attempt for proof. 
and people who asked for proof were, as you guessed it, banned or kicked out. Um, oh my God, this is just getting deeper and deeper. <laughs> so there's a convention event where she's supposed to speak, and it's like this Harry Potter, this Harry Potter event where they were going to have like Quidditch on site, but she was going to read some chapters from Draco Draco Veritas, her third book, and she was supposed to like do this thing and one of the one of the people on the board said you know i want to see at least see the new laptop because we'll tell that we'll be able to tell if the laptop's new and so she (laughs) so she winds up canceling the entire event and the people who had donated money for the event she didn't refund any of the money for this event she she just and when they tried to bring it up on the boards they were banned um and then oh, she's such a scumbag. <laughs> oh my god. Then then please don't you have any fucking integrity? <laughs> what the hell? So then there's uh th- there's this she's other cold. She's fucking cold, man. Oh, it's very cold. So there's this other girl who is in the inner circle. Her name is Aja. And she has a different mailing in the email list called armchair slash. And she was another BNF. She was another inner circle person. And Aja had mentioned something about this event. She was mad that this event got canceled. And so Aja, so then Claire accuses Aja of plagiarizing her, saying she's jealous and trying to boot her from the inner circle. Well, what this did was it ripped the entire inner circle apart. And the the Harry Potter fandom didn't really recoalesce until Tumblr came out and, and became a big place for people to, to populate. And like DeviantArt, DeviantArt people moved there. But this really destroyed the Harry Potter fandom for a couple of years. <laughs> for a franchise that's this big. It seems so absurd. It's like <laughs> surreal that a fandom can break. Yeah. Well, it's, seem, it, it, it's like... I can see it dying down, like less people becoming fans, but I can't see how it breaks. That to me is like, it's surreal, man. (laughs) Well, that was just the first trilogy she wrote. She wound up writing another series called The Mortal Instruments, which is an incestuous fan fiction about Ron and Ginny falling in love. Ugh. Who are... (laughs) What is with these fan fan people and like incest and stuff like that? Oh, I don't know. It's a really big thing with these fan people. <laughs> like, like I, I, I've heard that, uh, like, in terms of porn searches, incest is extremely high. And and I, I, I thought I thought that was always because, like. Uh, because because of the way social media works now, that people are home all day, right? Yeah. So like these who don't have friends, they're like home all day, and the only women they ever see in their formative years are like their sisters and mothers and stepmothers. Yeah. I assume it was like a thing like. It's kind of like a really big fan base thing too. I mean, those can be the creepy kids that are alone too. I mean, I I, I guess, but. I don't know if there's an overlap or if that's just like that's exclusively creep. That's the fan people. 
All right, so what I'm about to say is going to sound like I'm like endorsing it somehow. I am absolutely not, and I think incest is really screwed up, and, and I want to have no part of it. Okay, this is a great way. This is a great way to start a sentence. <laughs> I want to start the sentence by saying I am not pro-incest. <laughs> this sound like I am very much in favor of incest, but I assure you, I am not. You know, I just want to say I don't think this is going to make me sound pro-incest, but I do. I do think that it it has the danger of putting me on the outskirts of that territory. All I'm going to say is that I think that because you are so into incest, (laughs) (laughs) it is, it is, it's one of those things that are kind of so vile that nobody endorses that the people who are into incest would never report themselves on it. So you can't have like any sort of like self-reporting survey. I think the only way to discover Mm -hmm. what percentage of the population was into incest is literally like tunneling into people's brains and looking at their thoughts because i think pornhub's got a good way of going in because they just check the statistics for what videos people watch i don't want to go off that because that's going to creep me the fuck out because apparently as you said it's a big trending topic and that's uh, a lot of lonely people in there who hasn't left their house (laughs) (laughs) but what if they have and they're still searching it <laughs> then I, I don't know, man. Maybe breastfeeding isn't always a good idea. <laughs> I mean, some people get a little bit, uh, they get a little late off it. <laughs> oh God, yeah. So that's okay, uh, that's so tell me, why, why are you in favor of incest? Come on, Jeremy. I, Shoot. I'm not. I, I, you know, it brings. You know what? Okay, it brings families together. It's nice. <laughs> It's, uh... <laughs> it does it does what a bonding exercise oh oh my god oh oh my god clean up the kitchen table we're having dinner soon <laughs> no stop it <laughs> is that frosting for the cupcakes or <laughs> oh my god oh they use mother's milk in their coffee <laughs> Oh, it's just gonna be like a thing for them. And it's not from the cow. It's uh oh, <laughs> oh my god, no. Oh why are you into this? <laughs> I think this is a good place to put our advertisers uh our commercial break. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. our adv- if if anything, we know our advertisers want to be associated with incest. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This is this is gonna like like really like ever having real advertisers. <laughs> no screw them you know what? we're gonna be worth a lot someday uh, <laughs> obviously this destroyed. type of priceless content why why wouldn't we be <laughs> god uh all right so introducing the fan fiction radar the handy dandy device that tells you what you're watching and what it's from with fan fiction radar you can learn that 50 shades of gray came from twilight or that the Lion King is just Hamlet furry fanfiction. It's never <laughs> inaccurate, and it will make you second-guess your ships. <laughs> oh, wow. That, that was so thematic to the last part of our conversation. <laughs> you know, and they, they, they actually inspired us for this episode. We got the email from the sponsor, and we're like, well, we should do a whole thing on fandoms then. You know, kind of... Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's talk about the shipping. Right. Not the other way around. It's the kind of shipping you just want to send into the middle of the ocean. 
<laughs> and then make sure it. make sure that the, the fucking uh, the cargo ship goes through the Bermuda Triangle, not around <laughs> through. <laughs> uh, are you you you're familiar with the uh, the, uh, the 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 Hamilton the musical, right? No, well, not not really. I saw a John Oliver episode where he was saying the show is so good they have to get tickets, and then at the end the guy from Hamilton did like a rap about Puerto Rico. Yes. And I thought that was fucking amazing. That was such a cool rap. I, I saw, I, well, I've, I've seen all the last week. Mm. But yeah. It was in How I Met Your Mother too. There was an episode where Marshall had to speak in like a Dr. Seuss poem through the whole t- thing. Yeah. And he was there. And since everything had to rhyme, he just did a rap in the middle of the bus. And I thought that was fucking right. <laughs> That's because poetry is amazing, man. I, I keep telling people. They don't listen to me. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> Hamilton, like, I, I legitimately, Hamilton is, like, the best musical I saw in maybe 10 years. It, it was, when I saw it, I was deeply affected. I love the soundtrack, and I think it's really, really good. Uh, Hamilton, fun fact, also has a massive, sprawling fan fiction community. And they... It, what, does a fan fiction for a musical? Oh, and it's it's huge. It's huge. It, it at one point it had over three million active participants, and they were all under the age of like twenty five. And the thing about Hamilton is, not only is it like well written, and the music is good, and it's catchy, and it's it's you know it's largely accurate. It's got some. It's got a lot of like creative liberties. But for the for for the the fan fiction community. Shipping is a big part of fan fiction. I mean, being able to put characters together. And and homosexual shipping has gotten more popular since gay marriage was legalized and America's gotten way less like crazy about that shit. Like they're finally coming around to, you know, let people do whatever the fuck they want and leave them alone. Uh bus fucking time, man. Oh, I know. Yeah. It's, it's growing up was I'm not I'm not gay and growing up was still like, what do you guys how is this? right <laughs> you know? um yeah, like uh why are you so into like if you don't like gays why are you so into them right yeah why are you so obsessed yeah. why and, do you care that much why it's like oh i won't even make a cake it's like <laughs> wow why is this such a big deal to you this has so little to do with you when obama was running for president the first time he he said he wasn't for gay marriage because you know he was, he's, yeah yeah he, he famously said he thought marriage was between a man and a woman right yeah and that was that was the climate of of America in two thousand and eight. It was it wasn't yeah, until I think, I think I think that's that's probably a smart way to like if you want to change a law, it's probably not like the, a law like that. It's probably a good idea not to say, "Oh, I'm in favor of it." If everyone is like so hating on it, it was. I mean, he was trying to backdoor it. Obviously, he was in favor of it because a couple of years later, he came out and was like, you know obviously i don't have a problem yeah yeah if it wasn't for like uh biden obama there wouldn't be like federal gay marriage in the u.s now would there yeah exactly Yeah, they, they made it legal right yeah well i would say that a whole bunch of activist lawyers going state by state and legalizing it in so many states that the supreme court had to take the case and pass it that's what caused the change not the exact yeah. i don't want to give too yeah, much but still yeah but still still it's like the whole thing is like he can't have been against it since he was the one who like signed it and said hell yeah let's do this yeah yeah so anyway uh 
in so so the Hamilton has a whole bunch of uh, men, male characters, the founding fathers, and it's really popular in the Hamilton fandom to ship these people. <laughs> so they become like the founding daddies. <laughs> oh, you made that so much worse so fast. <laughs> oh God! I did. I did. I really did. <laughs> what did I do? That was so unnecessary, Joe. You didn't have to do that. <laughs> no. Oh no, that's fine. Yeah, you're just setting the tone because we're gonna get there. That's that's where this goes. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we're starting off by fucking pedal to the metal. <laughs> Well, there was this fan fiction that appeared about Hamilton called To Scale the Blue Sky. And what it was, was all the founding fathers are in a 1980s American high school. They're all... What? Yeah. This is really popular, apparently, in, like, fan fiction circles. Huh? What? Wait. Where these... (laughs) I'm trying to wrap my head around this. How are they there? What are they... Like, I'm just seeing these fucking grown-ass men wearing their fucking powdered wigs in a classroom and i'm like thinking wait what are you guys <laughs> they're What's teenagers they're teenagers now so their their ages changed to fit the high school but do you're right yeah the, do they still have the powdered wigs and all the clothes i mean i didn't read it so i don't know i just i just know i just know how this went down i feel like if they were in school wouldn't they be in like like a 1700 school <laughs> some kind of wooden shed with like i don't know a a, a dare hide on the wall instead of a blackboard well yeah i mean what they were really going for more than the blackboard was that it was set in the 1980s in america when the aids epidemic was thought to be a gay disease that was the important part of this because (laughs) because the the uh hamilton alexander hamilton gets aids in, oh my god in the fanfic so he gets oh my AIDS. God, that, i did not expect that twist oh wow it's a founding father fan fiction about about the aids epidemic right. <laughs> what the hell that's that's so creative <laughs> well the thing is though in fan fiction communities it's really not because almost the, 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 a good chunk of fan fiction just takes like the shit from the story and dumps it into an American high school. Like Harry Potter will be reworked with all the students in, in American high school learning like math instead of magic or uh, what, what the fuck is the point of that? I mean, isn't that just <laughs> that defeats you? the whole purpose, right? Cause the that's whole not Harry Potter is... anymore. That's just, that's just you, the, the kid writing this. Oh, well, cause yeah, they're, they're Mary Sue's. They're just trying so to, what, what do you want? You just want you just want to rename yourself to Harry Potter because you can do that. You don't have to write a story. <laughs> like because Harry Harry Potter, the whole point of Harry Potter is that there's a magical school. If he's not oh. magical, he's just a fucking kid with glasses. When, when looking up stuff for this podcast episode, I found like My Little Ponies set in American high schools. Dude, dude, I need, I need, I need to, we need to stick on Harry Potter for a bit because I need answers. <laughs> Okay, so what's going on here? Like Harry Potter is just a regular kid at the school. Yeah. And he doesn't have a magical wand. No, he does. Some well it depends. It it depends. Sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. That Okay. So but he does he learn magic in the classes? No, he learns like math and science. He learns math. He may or may not have a magical wand. Does he still have a magical scar on his face? 
It, I, I guess it depends. I, you're, it's, you're... it's a big part of his character. So I would guess that he may have a scar on his face, but maybe like, because what I'm leading up to, what I'm looking for here is, is Voldemort a part of this, this, this fan fiction at all? I mean... Because if, if there's no magic, right? If Voldemort's part, what is he? Is just like the creepy neighbor? Like I killed your mom when I was a kid. Now I'm like, I shoot up behind the alley and I'm going to get you. I, you're, I don't know the answers to these questions. Cause remember, I've never finished a full fan fiction story, like a single one, let alone I really know though. I read really a wide selection. You'll have to find someone that's like active in the Harry Potter fanfic community and ask you. These I mean, you would probably know that cause you run like a poet society, right? There's probably a ton of fan fiction people there. No, no, no. There's no overlap at all. The, the, oh, like poet, poetry, like my, my, the poetry groups, like for my workshop, we have a few people that are younger, you know, some people in their twenties and thirties who are in grad school or finished grad school who are like actively interested in literature. And then most of the rest of the people are retired or like older. Okay. Who... Cause I was really hoping like you could find like a guest for us that was really into like this fan fiction stuff. So I could ask all the questions that are fiction. I was a part of a fiction workshop for a little bit. Um, before uh, COVID, and do you know any? Probably know any who know about these things? Hmm? Someone who reads a lot of Harry Potter fan fiction and can answer these questions, I would love that. Okay, I I'm really fixated on what Voldemort is in a non-magical setting, because I feel like, I mean, like he, he would have shot the mom right in in like maybe a, maybe if they're in like a, a one of those dark cities like the set like the Detroit cities, right? Yeah. Then he's like, he's like a junkie who like shot up the mom for like a hit or something. And then like, I mean, the bullet, like the mom protected from the bullet, but it's still like ricocheted out on her back, but it wasn't so fast now. So it just like cut the baby's head instead of exploding it. Yeah. I, I, I so mean... That's why he's got a scar. That's like a bullet. And then maybe the baby fell over and hit the table so that it formed like a lightning bolt. It's, it sounds like you have the rudimentary beginnings of a fan fiction yourself. Yeah, because I want to know why this junkie Voldemort comes back to kill Harry Potter later when he's growing up. It's like, shit, that kid might remember me because, because you know, there's no like statute of limitations on murder. So he's got to kill the witness because the kid is going like, through therapy and then uh, it's like regressive therapy. So he starts remembering and he talks about it in some school newspaper or something maybe and then the junkie reads that while he's like i don't know shooting up in an alley and the paper's there <laughs> so much time. yeah okay so here's here's what you do you finish yeah, i think i've already written it <laughs> <laughs> it will be the first fan fiction i read to completion okay awesome <laughs> uh, i promise not that i will do this but i might do this and if we do this uh we will like retroactively add a link to that in the description for this episode no we will de- we'll dedicate an entire freaking episode to that because i would love to see where that goes <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay okay this is no promises, but it's on the back burner. Voldemort addicted to black tar heroin is not an interpretation. Now, granted, again, I don't run in these circles. It's, I don't really know. Nose. It'll be missing a nose. Maybe he got that, like, <laughs> I don't know, fighting a stray dog for, like, a ball of junk. No, no, he's chasing the dragon and his nose fell off. You know, he's he's trying to snort it, snort up the smoke. and didn't... Oh, yeah, yeah. He snorted it so much he destroyed his blood vessels, and then a nose just kind of fell off like on Mount Everest. 
It, it started. It got started... amputated because it was gangrenous. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Oh, that's great. Okay, that makes so much sense. And <laughs> because he's a junkie, he also looks all thin. And... It's not you know, even well. Creepy nails. Oh yeah, of course. It all makes so much sense. <laughs> and meanwhile, Harry Potter is like the popular jock on the sports team who's always like, you know, he's the quarterback equivalent. <laughs> so. Who? Harry Potter, he's he's the jock. Oh yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, because he, he's a star student. Yeah, he's he's the the best athlete in the school. He's you know whatever. So yeah. <laughs> and 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 Draco Malfoy is like like a cunty rich kid. <laughs> he's just like the worst. So no change is is Draco, Draco yeah, Malfoy starring himself. <laughs> I think maybe they worked that one the other way around for the story. <laughs> they just found a real equivalent and put it there. Like, he's not magical, really. That's just a cunty rich kid with a wand. His magic is how much money he his parents have in their bank account. <laughs> Honestly, that's more powerful than most of the Harry Potter spells, I would say. <laughs> like, yeah, Avada Kedavra. You know how many hitmen you can hire for like a lot of money? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not even giving a sum. That's how many hitmen you can go. There's <laughs> <laughs> like hire every fucking hitman in like the Philippines. <laughs> Just send like a legion of people in like swimming shorts and slippers. <laughs> oh my god! Flip flops and yeah, cause I heard that you can hire a hitman in the Philippines for like a ridiculously small sum of money, like seventy dollars or something like that. Seventy dollars? Yeah, you can hire like a hitman in the Philippines for that. How good are they? I, I can't imagine very. I, I'm, I, I, the second I hear the price, I'm immediately expecting, like, you send the hitman, okay, go get him. And then he's like, he's not even wearing a t shirt. It's just like, you know, like, like when you see images of the slum in like the Philippines or stuff, it's like just like swim trunks that go down to your knees, flip flops, no shirt, and he has to take the bus to the target. I'm picturing like a level one monster fight in a tutorial in a video game. Like, he's not even in the bus, he's like on the roof. <laughs> just holding like a fishing knife and the fishing knife is not even his he had to borrow it from the neighbor who is a fisherman oh my god all right <laughs> i'm gonna bring it back i'm gonna bring it back to send a legion of those like imagine the money like if you were a rich bitch like you're draco malfoy uh are you gonna avada cadaver someone or are you gonna send 700 filipinos like with fucking fishing knives I would just send really one very. I don't care how powerful that wand is. There's nothing that stops like a World War Z amount of people with fishing knives. <laughs> you just you're just not surviving it, man. Money is a really powerful power. It is. It is. And and of course there are other things you could buy except for a legion of fishermen. Um, which which like means gun. if Draco even has the power to grow his fingernails faster than usual, that's too much power because he already has all the money. Wait, he does that? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just I tried to think of like the most useless superpower I could. And growing your fingernails faster seemed like a pretty useless superpower. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember I'm, I'm saying that he doesn't deserve anything to tip the scales in his favor. No, like he doesn't need that even. He he does not. He doesn't. He can have a superpower that just makes him lose his fingernails once and never grow back. It, him yelling, "I'm gonna tell my father," is a very real threat. You know, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> like uh, daddy's gonna sue you. <laughs> I don't I'm think paddling. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, anyway, back to back to Hamilton. Back to Hamilton. So, high school, founding fathers in a high school. Alexander Hamilton gets AIDS, and it's it would normally be kind of like really that's what you're going for, like sort of thing. But the it was kind of a celebrated. It became a really celebrated thing among the Hamilton fanfic people because the the writers were these two. It's a, it was a lesbian couple. Um, Isra was a non-binary Chinese Pakistani uh, person who escaped sex trafficking. In, Jeez, that's a list of things in Southern Asia. And her wife Raj was a Catholic Somali lesbian who was, uh, you know, a, a, of color. So they were both HIV positive, and really? they ran this. To say of color when you said Somali. Well, th- th- it was. But the thing is that, she, that that Raj really made a lot of posts about, you know, being like black in America. Oh, okay, okay. Because they had moved to America, right? So they were so they wrote about like being in America as a lesbian couple, being like mixed race, being part Catholic. When part... when was this? This is well, I mean, this was since Hamilton came out, so this is within the last yeah. few years. Yeah, because that's so odd that they were talking about the AIDS thing from the like the eighties. Well, they, they set their story in the 80s, but they... I know, but it's so weird that they talked about the AIDS thing and it was lauded now, because it's like, yeah, aren't everyone on board with that? Isn't that like a long time since we settled that issue? It is. I, I get talking about it. Like, it's a good topic. It's a good, like, period in... in like, it's, it's good for a period piece now at this point in time, basically. But it seems so strange that it was celebrated now, because I thought we would celebrate it the hell out of that. I, I think part of it is that they were celebrating you know, the fact that, you know, AIDS is still, even though that AIDS is no longer seen as like, you know, it's not, you know, it's not the gay plague. It's uh, it's not crudely called like the gay disease, but it is still associated with the homosexual community, like to a big deal. Like LGBT community really struggles with that as a moniker among like the more ignorant people. And isn't it it more common among, among the LGBT though? It might be. I, I really don't know that. And you know, I, when you donate really blood, you know, when they donate blood, they always consider it to be like a, like a, like a, what's it called? Like a relevant detail. Like if you're a man, like, have you had sex with other men? Do you like, do you have sex with other men? Have you ever had sex with other men? Like, that's yeah. like a thing that you have to tick off on the list. Oh, well, oh, you know what? Actually, this I'm guessing is... there must be some statistics behind it. I'm sorry, I missed a note when I was talking about this. The reason that it was a big deal is because that they listed that they were in India. Oh, they're in India. So India is is a much less progressive, less progressive than the United States. It's much less progressive. And- yeah, okay. Because right now, it's like you're writing a fan fiction about when women got the right to vote, and everyone is like, "Oh, this is so courageous and brave." I'm so glad you're finally speaking up about this. You know. Yeah, no, this is like 20, so so India is like a couple decades behind the United States and that kind of stuff, and um, so they, they, they're, you know, they're, they're living in India, they're a, a mixed race lesbian couple there who one's Catholic and the other is like Muslim or something, you know, n- neither of them are Hindu. So it's, it's, it's a, like, it's a really current fight there. Yes, yes. Okay, well, then it makes, uh, you know, shit ton of sense. It would make sense if that were true, yeah, that'd be awesome. It isn't true. Well, okay. So they put up a GoFundMe or a Cash.me, um, talking about how they were going to use it for 
different, like publishing their book and living their life and sort of like supporting their efforts for the, for the LGBT community. Yeah. And one of the people that was in the Hamilton community noticed the cash.me um, tracked back to a United States address, not an Indian one. So. Wait, so they were faking it? It wasn't uh, true? So this, so this, so one this, this user. Were they like even lesbians? This user riled up the, the hive mind and said, hey, you know, let's, let's figure this out. And it turns out they, they solved it. It wasn't even two people. It was one American college student named Alex. What a dick. It was, it was a girl. It was a girl named Alex in. What a cunt. <laughs> well, I'm glad. Either you way. But yeah, they, I mean they're 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 trash. They're they're gutter trash. So this person—that's such a shitty thing to do. Yes, this person's excuse. People's emotions, and you're scamming them, <laughs> scamming them for money using backstories that aren't real to try to get people to accept a story they wouldn't otherwise accept. So she, they 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 out this person and say, "What the hell were you thinking? Like this is a scam, all this stuff." And she said she wanted to support works like To Scale the Blue Sky. She wanted to support the LGBT community, but she said she knew she couldn't do that unless people thought that she was Somali, Chinese, Pakistani, Muslim, Catholic, and all this other stuff rolled into one. Okay, because this huge list of stuff makes it sound fake, right? (laughs) Which is why I went like, oh shit, that's a huge list, because it sounded like... You know, like when people in Nine Gag are really bitchy about like transgenders or something. So they're like, oh, I'm in a Apache helicopter. You know, like they're making a ri- ridiculous exaggeration. Yeah. Yeah. It it sounded like, like a ridiculous exaggeration to kind of like shit on the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she's saying that, no, I'm actually shitting on it to support it. That's like, come on, man. Yeah. And it, it's, it's so, and, and, and you know, it's a nineteen year like a nineteen year old girl private cruel joke while you're well, scamming people. I would almost be okay with it if she hadn't started trying to get money out of it because if her intention was if if her intention it's really naive to say I'm going to pretend to be all these things I'm not because otherwise people won't accept the writing I have, which means write something different man like you know do something that will support what you want to support with you know from the agency you or have. you know or or stop stop faffing over your own identity if you want to support something support something regardless of who you are or what they are exactly and that's, it's just weird to me i i could almost be like you know what alex this alex ix a-l-i-x i could say you know what alex that's fine. You know, I get that you were like 19. I get that you thought that you had no other choice. I get that you did something really ignorant to do something that you thought was right. It's like when I hear people say, like, I'm white, so I can't really talk about this issue. It's like, yeah, fuck yeah, you can. You're just skirting <laughs> it. You just think it's uncomfortable to talk about it because you're white. You could talk about it just fucking fine. Right. You don't, have to, you don't have to be a part of it to fucking show any kind of sympathy or, you know, empathy. Oh, sure. You can raise awareness for things, even if you're not a part. Now, should people listen to you as much as others who are in that and go through it? Maybe yeah, probably, probably not the but, course, but uh, that doesn't fucking uh, that doesn't fucking matter in whether or not you show your support. Exactly. You can still 
you can still be a part of things even if you're not the most you're not the biggest yeah, you can outside. say oh i know exactly what it's like to grow up in a ghetto because you know i'm from boston and like like uptown I, I don't know i don't know any nice place in the u.s i fucking don't know the geography over there uh <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't matter. You can, you can, you don't have to say, I know what it's like to live in a shitty place because I grew up in a good place. You know? You yeah. Just say, like, yeah, okay. You know, it really sucks to be them, but, you know, I feel for them. <laughs> well, and, and this is, these are examples, these examples of fandoms are where the fandoms themselves take on a life that are molded by big influencers. A, a, and a bigger issue is what happens when the fandoms themselves are riled up like a beehive by the authors and like what do you mean okay per, so this is this is an example i have for you so there is this uh book series and the the book series it, it, it's written by um her name is sarah Dessen. i actually don't even want to say what the series is because sarah Dessen can go fuck herself she she's an awful person so what's she done okay at Northern State University, this student, 18, 19 years old, there was a, she was part of this committee that was supposed to curate a reading list for college-age kids. I heard, Not, cur- I heard cure aids, but then you said... Curate. She was supposed to help select. <laughs> she, she, <laughs> she was, she's not curing aids. She's selecting books that, that other college students are going to read. You know, books that are appropriate for the college reading level. And okay. um, this the student, uh, I'm just excited, waiting for how you could possibly fuck that up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't understand how you can make a mistake there. What the hell? So <laughs> what did you do? So what st- did you do that made you hate her so much? She must have done some horrible fucking list. Oh, you would think. You would think. So, so th- this. So North. So, so Northern State University decided they were going to have. Uh, they they added to this possible list a, uh, a Sarah Dessen's book, one of her books, and it's a it's a young adult novel. Now, yeah. it's it's a well written young adult novel. Young adult novels are great. They're a, they're a wonderful genre that really gives a specific demographic of people what, what they need out novel? of. Reading. Come on, come on! You're 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 keeping me on edge here, man. What's this novel? I'm not. I I will. I will tell you later. I'm not. I'm not going to list it because honestly, I am. No, I, no, no. Tell me. Come on. Tell me. Tell me. What does this know? Sarah Dessen pisses me off so badly. She doesn't deserve it. Even. No, no, no. But our listeners do. Our listeners do. They no, deserve to. Know. They, can, you, they, they can Google her. Okay. You don't have to name. Yes, no, no, don't make them Google her. That's going to give her more publicity. You just want to tell her about. This. <laughs> well, uh, don't, don't Google Sarah McLaughlin. Okay. <laughs> Actually, no, no. You can Google her because she's kind of cool, but not the Sarah he's talking about. He's not going to say the last name. He's just going to tell us what the book's about. They are books. They are coming of age books about young girls who are finding empowerment. That's what I'll say. That doesn't sound bad. No, the books themselves are not. Like, they really are not. But this is what happened. So this student was looking at this list of books and deciding what other college students her age should read. She looked at Sarah Dessen's book and said, hey, uh... They're, they're fine for teenage girls. So she wrote this article and she wrote, we're not going to include Sarah Dessen's book because they're fine for teenage girls, but they're not collegiate reading. Like we, we should expect our students to read stuff that is more 
robust and stuff that okay. challenges the readers more, which... Okay, but that doesn't sound so bad. No, it, they're, they're books aimed at 13 to 15-year-olds. Why would you want it in your college course? Like, why would you want it a part of your college reading? So this student, a 19-year-old, wrote this, this article or whatever, uh, uh, talking about the stuff. Sarah Dessen finds out, the writer, and she gets to Twitter and mobilizes an army. First, she said the comments were mean and hurtful. Then she wrote letters to the college administration. Then she got major, major young adult authors to, to raise a stink about it. I'm talking about like Sam Sykes, Roxanne Gay, Jody Picoult, Jennifer Weiner, Celeste NG, like people that are big power hitters in the YA fantasy market. I know this. These, these, all I can tell you is that these people are, these are, these are big deals in the YA community in, in terms of okay, the Okay, so they're like, they're big fish. They're, they're like the, they're the, what Stephen King is to horror, they're close. They haven't broken through oh, to like. Oh, so they're like, they're like the masters of the genre kind of thing. They, they are the heads of the genre that, that, that really deal. And so what they did was they attacked the 19-year-old saying that she was being misogynistic, saying that, you know, she only hated it because she doesn't like books for women, that she only cares about books for men. They called her an anti-feminist. They said she should drop out of college. They, 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 they did it. What the fuck? But how, why are they jumping to the conclusions that like, why are they jumping to the conclusions that she hates women? Because that's what Sarah oh, Dessen said. Sarah Dessen started this this thing. Now, mind you, Sarah Dessen has three hundred thousand Twitter followers, so she got three hundred thousand people to target a random college student who has been out of high school for a year. And none of those three thousand fucking bothered to check the story. <laughs> well, none, none of them were like, "Wow, she did that." Can I see? <laughs> none of them went for. Can I see? <laughs> what? Like whenever, whenever you hear someone say like, and you fucking no idea the message they sent to me. Like whenever you get that, like, oh shit, yeah, can I see? Like who who doesn't do that? Who isn't interested? Like who gets fired up and does not show interest? Well, I mean, if if you know, and, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't follow up because you should, and I agree with you. Why didn't more people? Some people did. Some people came to the student side. It wasn't like she was, but but compared to dealing with several, like a dozen different power hitters in the YA industry, these these famous authors, these wealthy, rich authors who have published dozens of books, attacking this random this random college student using thousands of tens of thousands of their followers to also pile on this poor girl. She wound up deleting all her like social media accounts. She had a really difficult time in school. She lapsed into a depression. One of the followers, Sarah Dessen, remember the author that was in charge of all this, Sarah Dessen retweeted one of her followers calling the that college student girl a fucking bitch. So morons. she retweets it. And like, this is... The, the college then decides they're going to release a statement. So they, they, they post a statement saying next week they're going to release a statement because <laughs> they, they were trying to kick the can down the road a little bit and not deal with it right away. Then, the, oh, then a week goes right. by and they totally throw their own student under the bus. They send out this massive apology letter to Saren Dessen. And it's like, we're sorry. This doesn't reflect our values. We don't feel this way. Obviously, we think all writing is important. Totally missing the point that this Treasonous isn't. Cunts. 
and Sarah Dessen they have their own fucking students back. Yeah, and Sarah Dessen goes, "Thank you, Northern State. We're all good." And she puts a heart. And the fact that she leads this total actual poor girl, she must have felt so fucking alone. Yeah, yeah. This is th- this is a girl who's interested in literature, having a a a, a, a whole she coterie of authors attacking her. Time to creating a reading list of fucking people. And then she's being fucking bombarded by shit from strangers on the net with yes. no fucking warning. And then the university says, yeah, yeah, you know what? Those people who bombarded you with shit, they're right to do so. Like, Jesus Christ, she must have been fucking devastated. Oh, yeah. No, Sarah Dessen is a, let me say on this podcast, this is something I'm going to say as, as truthfully as I can. Sarah Dessen is a worthless piece of shit. That's all I can say. Like, I don't have any other words than that. Okay, okay. I agree with this. I agree. (laughs) Just based on the story, I agree with this. The Moot Moot Podcast's official stance on Sarah Dessen Dessen is that she is a grade A cunt and she does not deserve any kind of positive attention. No, no, no more book sales. I mean, but, but this is this is this is what fandoms can do because fandoms are often thought of in terms of their fan fiction but they but they really are a force of nature that you can wrangle and throw at things like if you're a person that's in charge of a fandom you should have way more awareness of what you're able to to you know what you have at your fingertips and this person who is wealthy who is successful who you would assume would be above this sort of a, a person who is staked her career on lifting the 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 confidence of young women went after this girl aggressively and attacking her relentlessly a hypocritical and evil thing to do right yeah (laughs) which is which is a little different than just like calling the police on a pokemon go rival which also kind of sucks but it's not nearly as bad stupid it's like it's like when the old president trump it's like when he started like a Twitter fight with some fucking minor celebrity or something. Oh. <laughs> he no, he started Twitter like, fights with anybody. He didn't care. It's just like really fucking petty. Well, that's that's the comedy, but, rule, but right? Honestly, don't, honestly, don't honestly, like this is fucking worse because I don't know anything about Trump's Twitter feuds, but I, I don't know if he's like, go forth my legions and destroy this person. You know, like she's actively worked to like shepherd these people against this girl. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's not, not a byproduct. It's not even a byproduct of her talking shit about the girl, right? She's like literally shepherding people to like go get her. And as like, like being the fucking guy with the bullhorn in front of an angry mob. Yes, she is. What's what's so upsetting about this story is that it, the girl wasn't even saying her writing was bad. And if she did, if she no, said Sarah Dessen writes is a shitty writer, who cares? Because you know what? She's allowed to have that opinion, but she wasn't even saying that. All she was saying is it's not appropriate for this age level. You yeah. for a different demographic. Like when I teach writing to my students, I teach audience and purpose. And it's a fundamental aspect of writing. Like you have to know what you're writing, why you're writing it, and who it's for. And if you're a writer who has published multiple books, you should know if you're writing YA books, YA people are reading it. And those are not college level. Those are not college-age kids. It blows my mind that she's unable to see that. She's so pathetic. She uses her resources to attack this one person. <laughs> God, 
she's a scumbag. Yeah, yeah, she's awful. Yeah, she's a horrible person. A bag of scum. <laughs> Whatever the hell scum is, she's a bag of it. <laughs> yeah, this was this was only this is November of 2019. Like this is less than a year and a half ago that she did this. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's it's real pathetic. <laughs> fucking grown ass fucking successful author just like attacking a fucking kid. <laughs> that is so pathetic. I have one more story. Do we have time for it? Um, I have one more story that's a lot more lighthearted. I think it's a much better note to end on. I just remember the thing. What's that? Remember in this episode, I was eating crisp bread with peanut butter. Okay. And when do people ever eat on podcasts? Um, I mean, I have a couple of times, and I know I can hear you eating sometimes. <laughs> so... You know, I don't think we're the only ones. <laughs> is that is that impolite to do? Probably. <laughs> I'm assuming. I mean, if it is, we do it to create realism. That's because a fantastic. How you know, we're not actors if we don't eat, because that makes it real. <laughs> I, that reminds me of a of a of an anecdote about Chris Pratt, where Aziz Ansari said something like that they have that actors get a spit bucket when they're eating on set but chris pratt would always swallow the food so he's like if you've ever seen chris pratt eating a cheeseburger on parks and rec just know that to film that scene he ate like eight cheeseburgers <laughs> <laughs> wait actors have spit buckets for food oh yeah 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 because when i did a movie i did that that, that makes the actors seem I don't know, very detached, like like living in like some kind of insane, luxurious life where they don't even have to eat the food; they just taste it and spit it. Well, that that's like, how good. Like, so when... like buying a like buying a Rolex and just wearing it like a day and then throwing it in the garbage. I was in a I was in a couple of movies. Like I was in the Avengers, and I Alex Cross was an extra, and I did uh, some other like local movies. And I was in one where I was in a horror movie that was that was uh filmed locally here and it was a pretty big commitment i mean it, it took about four months of shooting over over weekends and the the director wanted me to smoke cigarettes they actually got me addicted to cigarettes for a few years it took me a, this a hell it was a bitch to quit but i hope you paid well for that you know what for like those four months of weekends like driving down to zanesville to film i think i got paid like 550 bucks so okay. not really. That doesn't not seem really. like it's enough to cover many years of cigarettes. It was not. I mean, the cigarettes were free until I quit. And then when I quit, or when the movie was over, and then when the movie was over, obviously he wasn't paying for my cigarettes. And by then I was like, well, I like cigarettes now. So, yeah, exactly. So, you know, the payment, like, it gave you a habit, but they didn't give you the money to cover that habit. <laughs> well, the thing, the thing about movie shooting is that you have to refilm the same thing like 15 times. Like you do like three shots of close up on your face. You do like three shots of a close up on the other person's face. You do like three or four wide angle shots. You do like a shot from like, from some like artsy angle that the, the director might want to do. And then they, they'll do like a couple other like remake shots. So by the end, you'll do the same set of lines like 15 times. And so the benefit is that 
it is it is a detaching experience what i like about theater way more than film acting is that when you're in a when when you're behind a camera you have to you have to jump back into the middle of an emotion and just conjure it up and run with it and, and do those lines and you may only do like 15 lines in the middle of a scene so the emotion that kicks off like the lines that kick off the emotion and then the lines that resolve that emotion later in the scene are not a part of that same thing that you'll do for half an hour straight. So you've got to maintain your acting over a period of time. And that can be very challenging. And, and I'm not like a super good actor. So like that made it worse, but uh, with, with the, the benefit though, is that because you have 15 shots, the director can pick the best ones to use. So it is kind of like there, there's some trade-off there. So it's, it's positive and negative. I mean, but, but you, if you were going to, when we, when I was smoking, even the scenes that I had a cigarette in my hand, I would smoke like half a cigarette. I'd never inhale. I'd still be getting lightheaded because I hadn't, I hadn't smoked before. I wouldn't inhale, but I'd have like 10 half smoked cigarettes. And then we'd move to the next half of the scene and I would start lighting the half smoked cigarettes and then finish them. So that way I had like a whole line of just like these half smoked cigarettes that I would do. So that way there was some continuity. So it, I can imagine that if you're doing like a blockbuster movie where you cannot reassemble everybody. So they do more takes than an indie movie will. Sometimes depends on how it goes, but it depends on the director too. But if you're, but if you're acting in a thing, you have to have a spit bucket because otherwise you are eating a shitload of food because even just a couple of bites of something, you have to do it like 15, 20 times. <laughs> Oh, that sounds like a pain in the ass. Yeah, film acting is not fun. Like you spend twelve to fourteen hours a day on set, and a big chunk of that, if you're not acting, you're just sitting around waiting, and it sucks. Like there's there's not a lot. You know, you have to pay attention. You have to be quiet, and you have to like you know whatever. It's annoying. Um, I wouldn't do that. Anyway, this is this is about a different type of fandom. Um, it's about battle reenactment groups where they do battle reenactment groups that's like the people who do like uh like they pretend they're in the civil war kind of stuff yes yeah civil war medieval fighting you pick like a year you know like you pick like a a a few decades and you say okay everything has to be historically accurate from this time period you make your own clothes you show up and you battle or whatever and some of these groups are more stringent than others and there is this one that got to be stringent. What's that? When you say stringent, how do you mean? Severe. So, uh, some people are more serious about the time period accurate stuff than others. Okay, okay, I see, I see. So, you know, you, obviously you don't want to have a wristwatch on if you're supposed to be a knight from the Middle Ages. But, you know, what if you can't, like, what, what is a bra going to hurt if it's underneath the armor? You know what I mean? Like, that doesn't make uh, sense. Ah, yeah, yeah. So, like, you can, it's like, you, it's like when you see uh, actors in movies and they're, like, uh, they're playing, on, they're playing, like, Robin Hood, but they still have their watch on. Yes. And, like, women were allowed, you know, a lot of places are, they kind of want to keep things somewhat accurate. So they'll be like, well, women can participate but, you know, just like slap a mustache on yourself or whatever, or like wear men's clothing. Like don't, don't wear a dress and then run out on the battlefield. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like you make it, try to make it look real. Yes. So 
there was this semi-famous medieval battle reenactment group that had grown to be about a thousand people. It was getting bigger. And one of the, the, the event holders retired. And so this other guy took over who was a little more severe. He, he was, he, so he rewrote the rules for the year and he told, he, he said that, that all clothing has to be constructed by hand from period appropriate appropriate fabric using appropriate techniques. This includes socks, underwear, handkerchiefs, sleepwear, underclothes, even if it's not normally visible. Then he wrote uh, a little extreme. Right. Then he writes all... underwear from like uh, the eighteen hundreds if you want to play war. Yeah, so it's it's sixteen twenty-four. It's not the 1800s. It's 1624 was was their time period. It was like the it was the 1600 to like 1640, but the 1624 marker was important for some reason. I forget, I forget why. What's uh, the next step? So like, if you're a diabetic or something, you don't get to use insulin while on set. That is legitimately an example that a complaint that someone had. I'll get to that in a second. Are you kidding me? No, I, I'm. I'm that was me trying to make like an extreme funny example. No, that's that's that was a meant to be a joke up. example. <laughs> he also goes the, the the guy also goes on to say all personal care products must be period appropriate including scented soap shaving equipment perfumes powders makeup sanitary products De- Ew. Ugh. deodorant aftershave and modern perfumes are not allowed only period appropriate scents. Ah, that's so gross so what if you have to have a bathroom break toilet what? paper you just have to put your pants back up with your shit running down your leg <laughs> oh, oh, just wait. Modern healthcare requirements are to take place outside of the reenactment area. Using medication is not allowed in the camp, even if it's not visible. Other healthcare need- needs must be solved in a period appropriate way, such as wooden crutches. And then, God, what an asshole. <laughs> glasses of any type are not allowed unless the wealth and stature of the person allows it. Contact lenses are allowed if they're uncolored. Sunglasses are not allowed for any reason. So this fucking sunny day. This this obviously started a whole big shitstorm on their Facebook page because people started posting things like so these are these are quotes from like things that people posted. Are you suggesting women use a literal rag as a sanitary pad? Does anyone know if that's that's like fucking that's disgusting. He said, does your organization prefer that we use grass or moss? <laughs> Jesus so, Christ. Someone else goes, I'm a diabetic. Would I have to leave the camp before each meal to use insulin or would it be more period appropriate if I dropped dead around dinner time? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Is machine stitching allowed for tampons but do, or do I have to hand sew my tampons? <laughs> Oh, that is just, it's, it's just cruel at that point. Well, after the blowback, you would think, what, what, what would your response be if you're like, oh, I posted this insane crap. People are really upset about it. They're threatening not to come and people are already pulling out and we're losing sponsors. What would your response to that be? Do you I think? My, my response, I, 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 I'm trying to put myself into that guy's head now because <laughs> I first have to imagine what it's like to even say no you don't get to use your insulin on set is that that, that, i I, I, I know what the answer is i need to get into this guy's head first (laughs) because it's like okay he's thinking this way and then people are arguing against him 
Yeah. So I think then my response would probably be something along the lines of, uh, uh, like, <laughs> well, if you can't handle being in the past, man, then you don't have to show up at all. <laughs> oh yeah. So what what he did? That's like that's that's where he went. Anyone who complained was banned. Any- ah, I got it. <laughs> Anyone ah, I understood the mind of a maniac. Anyone who complained about the bans were banned. Then a few days later, they published a new statement following up the first statement, saying that that people would only be allowed to come invite only. Nobody could apply to go to this uh, this reenactment anymore. Oh yeah, you don't want to follow my insane rules. Well, then you don't get to be a part of it. <laughs> that year, that year, out of all the groups, because people would usually register as a camp, like you'd go with like twenty people and you'd all fight together. Out of all the people that actually went that year, attendance was less than twenty than than a quarter. It was way less than a quarter. So you, yeah, they already had show up at some madman's party. Right. Instead of having more than a thousand people doing this really cool thing, you have like less than a couple hundred with of like diehard loyalists who have nothing else to look forward to, you know, for that <laughs> part of the year. And right. they've already like taken vacation days from work or whatever. Yeah, like and, the only people you get to keep are the people you don't really want to have there in the first place. Yes. And in order to attend, you had to fill out these signed contracts. Well, out of the people that did attend only one person filled out a, a contract and he didn't even show up the day that it, that it started. <laughs> so he, the only person that turned in the contract didn't go. And yeah, like, even he, even he realized it would be a fucking dull affair. Maybe, probably. Yeah, maybe. I'm going to sit there alone with this freak. Oh God, no, this isn't worth it, man. I feel like a person like that probably still kept blaming everybody else for the failure. You think so? Oh yeah. I mean, a person like that doesn't double down. If, if you look, if you look, you know, dozens of people in the face that are bashing you saying like your rules are ridiculous. Why don't, why is it so different from last year? And your answer is to start banning people. There is no way that he ever backed down at the end. Like, no, no, not him. I'm thinking about the guy who didn't show up. Oh, oh yeah. 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 <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, 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 I've, I've already established that I understand the mad, the mind of that madman. <laughs> I, I know exactly what he's thinking all along the way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no mysteries for me anymore. <laughs> he cannot hide his true face. Oh, geez. Like when you know a demon's true name, you know, like he can no longer, he's powerless. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, geez. But anyway, that's uh, those are the fandom stories I have for. T- I have so many more that I found too. So yeah, many. this is probably going to be like uh, you know, the first in a series. <laughs> 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 I think I think this is going to be a series. Oh, geez. Yeah, no, these were fun. I was really excited to talk about these today. It was a good time. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you were. This this was a romp and a riot. <laughs> Uh, okay so uh yeah you got anything more you want to say no uh, no i'm ready to sign off here okay, okay. we're saving it uh, we're saving uh anything more we're saving for the next uh, installment in uh, furious fandoms 
That's right. That's right. And you need you need to <laughs> furious fan. You need to uh, watch the Lorax so I can I can tell you about the uh, the ones that. Oh, but it's like an animated movie, isn't it? it? It is. It's an animated kids movie, no less. I know. I, I'm never into those. So, songs are good and has an environmental message, but uh, yeah. yeah I'm, not, I'm not shitting on them. I'm not shitting on them. They're you know I know they're good movies. They're just they don't speak to me. It's like superhero movies. They're, I, I they're okay it. movies. I, I'm going to say the Lorax is you know I like it. But I understand it's wrong. It could be a great movie. It like I, I've never watched Toy Story three either. Oh, like ever, I, I it's like I don't watch superhero movies or or animated movies. That's fair. That's fair. Nah, I know, and it's not because I think I'm better than it. I cannot stress this enough. I don't think that I'm being a smug bastard. It just doesn't speak to me. Right. Right. All right. Well, this has been Moot. Please follow us on Twitter at The Moot Podcast and visit us at The Moot Subreddit. <laughs> Ciao.